dying for media. Just a little note to let you know that we will be talking about death in this series, and some names and information have been changed. Talking about death is never comfortable, but our goal is to make it less scary. So maybe give it a try and listen with care. Hi, Pegs. Hi, Nikki. Oh, it's good to see you. Good to see you, too. It's been, what, seven whole days? I know. My (laughs) God. It's too long. Um, every time you leave when we're done recording, I have 500 things that I want to say to you. <laughs> and then I don't call you or text you. I make sure that I save it for the show. You did. Yeah. The yeah. last time yeah. you gave me a little voice text, which was very cute. Yeah. So <laughs> I was thinking about our careers and how, yeah. and I wish I would have met you sooner in me Los too. Angeles. I think we would have oh my hung out together. We would have gotten in trouble. Uh, big trouble. Big trouble. But I was kind of thinking of you and your career and where mm. you are and how long you've been a chaplain for 20 years. Right. That's a long time. That's Worked a long time. Five different hospitals, different facilities. I'm sure you've been chaplaining Inpatient everywhere. Psych, hospice. Yeah. I just can't believe it. Yeah. So I'm sort of thinking of it in terms of my career and where we were in tandem with each other. And I was at the, when I was at the sort of the height of my hosting, the prime, if you will, of my hosting career. Ooh. I worked at TV Guide Network. Did you ever watch nice. that? Nice. Yes, I saw you. I was on the show with like the scroll. She's so cute. Where the scroll was, like we'd tell you, like yeah. we were basically at the top giving you programming, yep. and then we were showing you all the other things that you should be watching yeah. to turn off our it program. It was great. <laughs> it didn't make any sense, but I loved it. <laughs> it was one of my favorite jobs of mm. my life, partly because I had a little bit of, like, not, I don't want to say seniority, but I had right. been there for a while. Yeah. So when I walked in... I had a coffee sitting there waiting for me, and I had a wow. room full of fabulous people doing my hair and my oh. makeup. I had people dressing me, handing <gasps> me earrings. Here, this is your earring. No. Here's your bracelet. I, it was, if I was hot, there'd be people standing there with no a fan. Way. Where to God, Peggy? Because <laughs> I would do red carpet stuff, and they didn't want me to sweat because, as you can see, I'm a, an armpit sweater. So great. We need a sponsor for deodorant. Somebody please help me. Um, but I just had really good treatment. So I kind of walked in. Wow. And I coasted. Like I did a good job, but I could coast because I had been there for so long. I had kind of earned it and I had all this great treatment. Everybody telling me how fabulous I was all the time. And oh I'm picturing them that. Is that how yeah, it is no. for you at the hospital? No. <laughs> no? I don't know. I get my own coffee, of course. No. No, there's no, no one spritzing me. No one's pampering me. No, 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 no. But do you get to kind of come... By the way, I just want to say this was yeah. only one time in my career that yeah. it was like that. It's never been like that again. <laughs> and I thought the rest of my career was going to be like that. So I was like, this is amazing. And now I'm like, oh, shit. But <laughs> I am. I imagine since you've been doing it for so long, do you get to go in and sort of pick your cases, take the easy stuff, maybe coast oh. by a little bit because no. of your seniority? I don't want to. Really? No. I mean, what's to me, if I go in and I just have like these... Um, one of my priest chaplain friends calls them bed, uh, bread and butter. Like you just oh, go yeah. in and you're like, hello, do you want a prayer kind of thing? And it's just, you know. <laughs> bread and butter. Someone just got their appendix out and they're going home today and everything's and fine. And they just want a little like They just like, want a little spiritual. blessing. And that's all lovely. I, I, That's all fine. But no, I want like, I want the juicy, complicated, really incredible cases that I can dig in and use all my skill set. Because yeah. that's rewarding to me and that's, and then it keeps me like it keeps me sharp. It keeps me present. I need that. 
So you never just go me. in and go, I need an easy day. Somebody just give me the baby blessing and listen <laughs> to you ever? No. No. Oh, so you're better than And me. that's not going to happen anyway. <laughs> no, I'm not better than I'm just kidding. It's just not going to happen that way. And I want to stay, I, I want to, my skills to stay sharp and I, wa- I want to be challenged. I want these things that I really have to dig into. You know, like I will fight for the trans patients. I will fight really? that I get those cases. I absolutely adore them. I love, I find these people that I just am humbled by them, mm-hmm. you know. Do you get a lot um, of, of trans yeah, patients? Yeah, yeah. Well, not not a ton, but we do get some. And I, I will just, I will fight to get them. I find like they have this, they have an experience that I can't even imagine. Right. I can't even imagine, you know. I was born a woman. I was always loved being a little girl. I loved all, and I never, no one ever came up and accosted me because I was wearing a dress. Mm. You know what I mean? So there's like, I can't imagine how hard their lives have been. And I just see them, they have this incredible dignity and resilience and I'm humbled by them. And I just... See, Peggy, this is why you break the mold. Because in my mind, a Christian chaplain and... Maybe this is going to reveal a little bit of my limited judgmental thinking, but we're and here that's to okay. Okay, that's all right. But in my mind, I can't picture a Christian chaplain going in and going, "Where are my trans patients? Where are my people? <laughs> right? Give me, give them to me. I want to like do the work with them." And I'm not saying that all organized religions right, are right, anti-gay. Right. I'm not saying there right. are plenty of religions out there that are all about gay marriage, gay rights, LGBTQIA right. plus rights. Yeah, but most anti-gay LGBTQIA plus people happen to be religious extremists Mm -hmm. sometimes. Unfortunately. Right. So when I hear that you dig in and go in with no reservations, I just, it makes me, it reminds me of how much of a badass you are and how lucky these people are to have you in their lives. I'm not a badass. I mean, to me, it makes complete sense. It doesn't, I don't understand the other side to this because, um, Remember that whole movement when we were younger and everyone wore those bracelets? What would Jesus do bracelets? Oh, gosh. Yeah, do you remember I do. Those? I didn't <laughs> wear them. I didn't wear them either. Yeah, but I, I didn't wear yeah. those. WWJD? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> WWJD. Well, WWJD would go in the room. Yeah. I'm Nikki Boyer, and my friend Reverend Peggy has helped guide nearly 2,000 people through their last moments of life on Earth. Emotional. Beautiful. Peculiar, supernatural, shocking. These are those stories. This is Near Death. You know, to me, that's my my relationship with Christ, with Jesus, is the cool, accepting, loving person, spirit that would go in every room of any person that's on the fringe. That's where he would be. Right, and if you really dig into your scripture, that's where he was. He was hanging out with the money collectors and the prostitutes, all these people that everyone else rejected. He was going into their homes and having dinner with them, and everyone's like, "What are you doing, dude? These people are not our people." And he's like, "No, they're my people," you know. And he's like, "I came for the people that need me, mm-hmm. that are not loved by anybody. I didn't come for this guy that seems to have the perfect gig going. I came for these people." And so, to me, I'm like, I don't understand that position, it just dumbfounds me. I don't get it. And there's nothing to back it up, really, you know? Right. So except f- fear. Except fear. And judgment and lack of love. And I just don't think that's WWJD. That is not WWJD. <laughs> 
No. And I would love, I wish I could take like that whole demographic um, that has this hate and fear and feels the need to be so vocal about it. Yeah. I wish I could just take them in the room with me. Oh, I wish God. I could just take them in the room and go, here's this amazing human being who has gone through what you could never even imagine yep. and has this dignity and grace and resilience and is here, you know, and still is longing for a connection to God and wants God. So if I can help that connection, if I can help that, f- have that person feel safe with someone who res- represents God, awesome. I mean, that makes me feel so happy, you know, makes yeah. me feel so rewarded because that person was able to talk about their faith and wrestle like you, like what you were talking about. These are the things I hear from those patients. They were condemned and harassed and told, you know, God doesn't make mistakes and what's wrong with you and you're blasphemous and all these things. Yeah. And how, how painful is that when you feel like you love something? You feel like you love God and someone else that says they love God come over and comes over and tells you you don't, you can't, <laughs> right. because you don't love God the way I right, do. Right, the way I do. And my God wouldn't love you. It's just, oh, God, it's horrible. It's painful. So tell me about Julia. Oh, Julia. I loved her. You would have loved her, Nikki. There's so many times I wish you were with me. I know. Can't I just be your like shadow? I wish Nikki was here right now. Oh my goodness. I loved her. I loved her. She was so beautiful, Nikki. Um, I walked in the room. It's actually for Reiki. Oh, it was a Reiki referral. And Reiki is that kind of hands-on or hovering sort of like it's this energy relaxation kind of work. It's it's really a loving kind of practice to which help you're people. trained in and you do yeah. really well. And a lot of chaplains don't do that kind of stuff. Some do. I've trained quite a few oh, of them now. That's amazing. Um, and a lot of them do do it, okay. and it's such a great tool for people. Not everybody. Some are very uncomfortable with it. I want you to and try some, it on me. I'd love to. Okay. Let's do something. All right. That'll be a bonus episode. <laughs> bonus for me. <laughs> I'm on a lay here and we just do Reiki, meaning you do it on me. You're like, all right. Who's getting you'd the bonus? love it. Oh, you'd be so in. You're so in. But Julia was open to it. She wanted it. Julia wanted it. She had a lot of pain because she had her um, gender affirmation surgery. Mm-hmm. And it is so painful, Nikki. It is so painful. I've talked to the doctors that do this and um, had a lot of education around it. And it's incredibly painful. It's not something that anyone would just opt to do, right? I can't imagine. No, this is like, I have to do this for my sanity. I have to do this to become who I truly was supposed to be. Right. And I, I have a feeling this is not taken lightly. And no. it is, I can't imagine the emotional and the physical and the financial, just all of it all to of make it. that decision to be your most authentic self. And I'm sure it's not taken lightly. And I just, I, I bet the pain, I can't, the pain in, within those surgeries, I bet is just probably The out pain of this is world. outrageous. And also the, like you're saying, what it takes to get to the place to actually get the surgery is this huge journey. They don't just go, oh, cool, you want to be a woman now? Great, come on in. No, they're like, you know, you go through all these years, you therapy and the hormone therapy and, mm-hmm. and living like a woman in, out in the world when you're not yet. So, And this is when it really can get nasty and mean for these people. It can be very hard to, even in Los Angeles, where we think 
everyone's so inclusive. Right. It's not true. Yeah. These people go through so much pain. Mm. But I, I, the patients that I've seen, and I've had so many now, which I just, I just love them so much. I feel so, I just like my heart just warms when I think about yeah. them, that they've told me how long it takes them. You know, and I may see them when they're getting the bottom surgery and then mm-hmm. they come back and they get the top surgery or they get such a process. You know, such a process. And oh, the healing gosh. is incredible. So much compassion for this. So such, oh. much compassion because it's like, again, but for the grace of God, there go I, right? I was born into this body that I was happy to be in. So I can't imagine feeling this. I'm, I'm not my authentic self, you know? Mm. So when you met Julia, Tell me a little bit about her, what oh. she was like, and where where she where was she in her her process? She was at the very. This was the last surgery. Okay, she had done. <clears throat> excuse me, she had done a, a lot of facial reconstruction. She had done almost everything that you needed to do. So this was her very last surgery. Mm-hmm. And so, if can you imagine that feeling right. of like I'm home oh. in myself. Finally, I'm home in myself. And I walked in and um, she had all of this uh, like packing and things around her because she was healing. And um, I just remember coming in and seeing the light on her. And she was so beautiful. She had this incredible skin. And she had this beautiful long blonde hair. Mm -hmm. And she was so gracious and just fabulous. And I came in and she's like, oh, hi, Chaplin. And I said, oh. I'm, I'm here to do Reiki. And she's like, oh, I heard that would really help me. I'd really love that. And she's like, I'm sorry if I look a mess. I'm really having pain. And and she was just so like trying to take care of me a little mm-hmm. bit. And I'm like, oh, don't you know, it's totally fine. You look fantastic. Don't worry about me. I'm here to, I'm here to see if we can help with some of this pain. And so I told her a little bit about it, like, here's some areas, you know, we'll kind of hover and just really receive the healing, thinking about that. And before we started that, um, she got really emotional and she goes, I'm sorry, I don't know why this is happening right now. Mm -hmm. And I said, I can't imagine what you've been through. And I said, this is really a huge event for you today because this is your last surgery, right? And she said, yes, this is it. I'm, I'm a woman today. Oh. And I said, yes, you are. I said, you're a beautiful woman today. And she thought, it, it, the way that she, she kind of went, oh, you know, and then she cried, really deeply cried. And I just stood by her and I, I sort of petted her head and I held her hand. And she was like, thank you, girlfriend. Oh, And I was like, ooh. You know, it was really, really sweet. Yeah. And I said, this has been quite a journey for you. And she said, you know, I thought I'd never get here. And I said, who's your support system? Do you have people that support you? And she said, I have a lot of friends. And she's, but I don't have any family to support mm-hmm. me. Right. And I said, oh, I'm sorry about that. And she said, you know what? What's really coming up for me today, and I can't stop hearing it, is my mom. My mom's voice is coming up to me. Oh, wow. And I said, what's your mom mom saying today? And she said, my mom always said to me, because I wanted to be a girl when I was very little, and I would go in her room, and I would play with her makeup, and I would put on her 
you know, things and I'd walk around and she would shame me so heavily. It was really painful. And she said, my mom said, who was very fundamental Christian, she would say, God does not make mistakes. Mm. You know, wow. you're, you, are, you are being blasphemous by going against God's will and God's, what God wants for you, right? So I thought, oh my God. You know, she felt like a mistake, mm. right? Her whole life, she felt like a mistake and it was her fault, right? Because God didn't make a mistake. She's a mistake oh. by her own intention. So the pain that she had, the emotional and spiritual pain, and I said, tell me about your image of God. And she had an image that was very damnation, hellfire, black and white, good and evil, um, punishing, punishing God. And I thought, well, that's a, that's a hard image to carry around. That's, yeah. not, that's not a merciful, loving uh, Jesus that I know, you know. And I thought, oh my goodness, what a... And I said, well, what do, you, what do you feel about God now? And she said, I want God in my life so bad, but I don't feel like I deserve God and because I'm a mistake oh, and that I've, that I've shamed God and I'm, you know, and I thought, okay, let's, let's dig. Let's, you know, yeah, let's really talk yeah. about this. So what did you do? Which is amazing because here you are, a woman of God, a reverend, a chaplain. So right. how powerful this was to hear from you, right? From directly from you. Right. And I talked about how the stories from the Bible that I remember, right? Without pulling scripture and pushing scripture at her, but just made them sort of present day. You know, Jesus came for the people on the fringe. Jesus came for, you know, everyone. It says, I'm here for every man, which means now every person, right? Because mm -hmm. that's how it was written then. And I said, I'm wondering if if you've ever felt there's there's a merciful, loving God. And she said that she had met people along the way that had crosses on or that were at different events that she knew they were Christian and that they were embracing of her. Mm -hmm. And she didn't know what to do that. It was almost like baffling, but she wanted to lean into it so much. And I said, I believe in God so deeply, and I love God so deeply, and I'm going to tell you, God loves you as much as He loves me. And she just started crying. Oh. <laughs> and then she said, I really want that. I really want that place. And I said, this is a journey now, Julia. You know, now you can start. You can start this journey to get closer to God, to, you know, find... I gave her some resources of churches that are Wonderful. very inclusive, yeah. thank God. And um, and then she said, but what about a mis being a mistake? Jesus doesn't make mistakes. And I said, you know, I have kids in this hospital that were born with cancer. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is, but that sounds like kind of a mistake too, doesn't it? Hmm. And she said, yeah, that's terrible. And I'm like, these things, these accidents in biology happen. There's a lot of things that are happening that are so big and beyond us. And I'm sure your mom, I don't know where she came from with that. You know, she was probably afraid. We don't know. That's a whole other thing to dig into, right? right? But 
that isn't, it's not helpful and it's not loving. And I don't think Jesus would come up to you and point a finger at you and say, hey, you're a mistake. I want to go back to something that you just said, which is so powerful, which is accidents in biology, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I love that you said that to Julia because that she really needed to hear that in that moment. And it's funny because the black and white thinking, it doesn't get us anywhere, but that was actually a very black and white thought, Mm -hmm. like that there are accidents in biology. So I love that you kind of brought that to the surface to really have her wrestle with that in real time with you. And it's true, there are accidents. There are accidents all over the place. There's accidents all over the place. And if this is the journey to the next place, then it's full of imperfections. Mm, That's the point, because if the next place is perfect, this is the imperfect one. The rabbi, my rabbi that I love, said, this is the wrong world, and that's the right world. So we have to manage our lives going through this world that is can be upside down at times. And try to find our most authentic selves in this wrong right. world and be the best version of ourselves that we can. And that's everybody's, everybody gets to do that the way they want to. Nobody gets to tell anybody how to be their most authentic self, unless they're harming people, right? But I just, right. this is, I love that she had you in this moment. Oh, I loved her I'm so, so much. I'm so grateful that she got you. I loved her so much, Nikki. She was so gorgeous. She was just long and sinewy, you know, and elegant and this bone structure in her face and just everything about her was just gorgeous. It was like like a Cindy Crawford kind of, do you know Mm, what I mean? This long, gorgeous with that hair and and she could cuss like a truck driver. (laughs) She was a cusser, so I I don't, (laughs) I really like her, but I, but it came out so elegant with her. It didn't sound, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, and I don't make a habit of cussing at work, you know, I have to represent a little, right? right? (laughs) But when a patient goes into that, then it's their language. And I want to use their language, What the way they describe things, Mm -hmm. I use it with them. So she had this moment where she got really emotional again. Um, I did her little blessing with her, and I was like, thank you for this incredible, beautiful whole woman Hmm. who now gets to start this new journey and bless her on this journey as she discovers what this means to her and how she can now be her true self and bring good, healthy, loving people that represent God in this inclusive, compassionate, merciful, loving way into her life as she grows. And she just loved, she loved this whole thing. She was just like, ah, totally into it. Yeah. And then she started crying again really hard really like just crying and looking around the room and like, oh, kind of like like something just came to her, mm-hmm. right? She had like a light bulb go off or something. And she put, she put her hand sort of over her vagina area and was kind of hovering there. And she goes, Peggy, I have a fucking vagina. <laughs> I have a fucking vagina. No and she was in so much pain, Nikki. She mm. wanted to get up and scream it to the world, you know, but she was kind of stuck in this position with the packing and everything. And she was just like, I want to get up and just walk the room and dance and say, I have a fucking vagina. And I'm like, I can dance. I can move around. And so I started dancing around her room. (laughs) I was dancing around her room and I'm like, you have a fucking vagina. You have a fucking vagina. No, and Nikki, if you were there with me, you totally would have joined in with me. Are you kidding? You would have been the best. Let's do it for her now. Let's do it for her now. now. Ready? You You have have a fucking vagina. vagina. You have a fucking vagina. You have a 
So, Nikki, after this amazing celebration, we did this meditation, kind mm-hmm. of this loving, slow meditation, just welcoming her new corrected body. Oh. And that was the visit. So when I think about Julia, I think about all the Julias and all these patients, Yeah, it's not lost on me of how much of a process that oh, this yeah. is to get to a point where you do reconstructive surgery. I mean, Absolutely. it's at least 12 months of hormone therapy just for the bottom surgery, which doesn't even address like the therapy and the counseling that you have to go through. This is not no. taken lightly in this no. community. And I just, it's what they need to do to survive. Exactly. To be their most authentic selves and to have you in the room as a part of that survival. Like that, I just... Peggy, I'm so grateful that you were there for Julia. Like That's that why moment I fight probably for these changed cases. everything. I fight for these cases because I love them so much. And they change me. Obviously, you see, like I want I want to grow and change. I want to be challenged. I want my faith to grow. I want to examine as well. So that's what it is when you can engage and talk with the other, right? The people that are different from the self. Mm-hmm. That's when you really grow. Mm. When you sit in your little circle of everyone that just agrees with every single thing that you've ever said and nobody has any ideas outside it, you don't grow. You don't grow at all. Yeah. And then you can't start to love the other, hmm, right? That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. We need to do that. We need to have people from all types of life, all walks of life, all demographics in our world at some point so we can understand and grow. So Julia's finally living her authentic self, and that just mm-hmm. I, that makes me incredibly happy for her. So she's not there's no secret to her life now. She gets right, to be right. who she is, and I imagine that it's like like you said, the birth. Now she gets to finally be who she is and really start healing. Yes, yeah, she's living in her truth, right? <gasps> yeah, she knows who she is. It's complete. It's complete. And I have so many patients, Nikki, that have. All these things where they're, you know, they, they're not in their authentic self. Mm. And there's many that have secrets, right? Family secrets or other kinds of secrets that can really hinder yeah. the healing process. And I'm thinking of this one case. Oh, my gosh. A huge secret that really got in the way for this young man's healing. So I had this 17-year-old boy, very darling, very sweet kid, and he had this really, really rare disease, mm-hmm. like something that, you know, one in a million or something like that, and that tends to happen to old guys. So mm-hmm. it was kind of all the way around rare. And he was an amazing young man. And he, I, I followed him for years because he was in and out of the hospital at different times for this treatment for this rare disease. And often his grandma was with him. Um, who didn't speak much English, but she was always kind of hanging out, knitting and listening to hmm. us and everything. And I got, I got to know her a little bit, a little, uh, yeah, well, actually quite a bit along the journey. And um, he loved to talk about theology, and he just loved to wrestle and wrestle and wrestle about theology. And, and he was super curious about all these different traditions and and what did these people say about that? And so I would like bring him all these resources, you know, and I like, here's a DVD about this and here's a book. And he was just like devouring information and he liked to really get in it with me. Like <laughs> right. he was really feisty and he had this 
dream, he told me that he wanted to be a professional wrestler. <laughs> Which like, was, that makes sense. That makes sense because you wrestle with everything right. and he pushes back any questions and all this stuff. And uh, one time when I was visiting him, he got very sort of kind of really reflective and he was asking himself why that he got this rare disease. Huh. That's what a lot of people like, why me? Why this? What did I do? What happened? What You know, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of a natural process for patients to do this. And he said, um, I think I know why I have this. Oh. Yeah. And I said, well, I, his name was Luke. And I said, Luke, what... You think you know how what this what happened here? And he's like, Yeah, I think I know. And so he said, I I hope I'm not gonna make you feel uncomfortable, but I need to tell you why. Mm-hmm. And I said, Okay. And he said, Well, I look at nudie pictures of women. And you know, I do things. Like he masturbates. Yeah. Okay. And he said, and I think that God has punished me for doing that. And now this is my repercussion. You know, and now I have this rare disease because I think about girls all the time. And I was like, oh, poor guy. Poor guy. 17, 17. thinking this is his, like he's done something to deserve Mm -hmm. this accident in biology. This accident in biology. poor guy. What did you like, Peggy? What did you say? How did you help him turn this one around? My God! Well, tread lightly, first of all, right? right? Um, and his mom wasn't around that much. I mean, this is something that you'd hope the mom would sort of talk to him about and help with, you know. And and Grandma was not in the room <laughs> when we were talking about this. This was one of those it. moments when we were, you know. And I said, "Oh my goodness, that must be." incredibly painful that you've been carrying this. This is like year two of knowing this kid, right? And I knew him like four years. And I thought, oh my God, he's been holding this the whole time? Yeah. A lot of shame. A lot of shame. That secret he's holding. That secret secret he's holding. And it was like, I think at this point, he sort of, after wrestling and going at it with me through all the years, he sort of felt like, okay, it's she's safe that I can say this to now, Right. And she loves God and, you know, and I think maybe he was expecting me to say, well, this is what happens when mm-hmm. you do that. You right. Know? And you didn't. You look at God. Naked lady. You're going to, you know. <laughs> so I said, I, this must have been horrible for you to carry this, you know, and think that you caused this yeah. accident oh. in biology. And I said, Luke, there's accidents that happen all the time in biology. This, this whole hospital is full of accidents in biology. You know, and he's like, no, I really, you know, he was really, really upset with himself. And convinced we, that convinced, he had caused this. We explored this and we talked this out. We did all of this, you know, kind of a deep dive with this whole thing. And then I just sort of took my pastoral authority and I said, you know, Luke, if every 17-year-old boy that looked at a nudie picture or masturbated got this rare disease, there would be a line from here. <laughs> To the Santa Monica Pier with seventeen-year-old boys waiting to get in here for treatment. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. And he laughed actually, just like you did. <laughs> he laughed, and I said, "Listen, buddy, you know, you didn't cause this. You know, there's nothing wrong with you that way. You're, you know, you're seventeen, and uh, 
And I think because I'm older enough that I'm sort of like a mom age mm-hmm. to him, I'm like the same age as his mom, that he, it, it really kind of sunk into him. Good. Yeah. But the biggest factor in this kid's journey of self-discovery and healing was that there was a huge family secret that he needed. He needed to learn about. He needed to find out about. Okay, what was the family secret? Oh, my goodness, Nikki. So Grandma, who I said was kind of quiet, actually talked to me privately one day. And in her broken English, shared that they were actually Jewish. Oh. This family was Jewish. And that when she came over here and, and wanted to build her life in America, she said it would just be easier for us to say we're Christian because it's just the anti-Semitism, which oh. horrible still today, and everything else that was that made being a Jew, the identity of being Jewish, so much of a challenge for her. So she just got here, landed, and oh said, okay, gosh. we're Christian, and kept it. And kept that a secret from everybody. Right. And so if your mother's, oh, right, gosh. in Judaism, if your mother's Jewish, you're Jewish. Right. And so this was... The maternal Luke's side. mother's yeah. mother. Wow. Right? So this was something that she was carrying all this around too. And so that whole there's that whole trickle-down shame, right? It's like if grandma has this secret and isn't living to who she really is, then it goes to the daughter and then it goes to this boy. Right. And he was so, to me, Jewish. Because he was so, (laughs) and I say this in the most, because I love this about the tradition. Yeah. It's like my favorite rabbi always says, if you have four rabbis in the room and they're talking about something, you're going to get four total different opinions. They're all wrestling. They're all wrestling. (laughs) That's part of it is learning and learning and growing and embracing the tradition and discussing it and getting commentary from this person and that person. And so Luke was already... Right, like authentically that guy. Yeah. Right. But nobody told him. And he was looking at all these faiths and he was wanting to dig. He asked me about everything. He's like, What is Hindu? What is Jehovah Witness? What is Christianity? What is Catholicism? Like he was looking at everything. Hmm. Even like paganism and, you know, Wicca, everything. We talked about everything. It was like, this kid's challenging for me. So not well, yeah. Because right? I've got to really come in. I gotta do my homework <laughs> I before t- I see this kid. So which I love. Okay, so grandma tells you this. Grandma tells me this. And then what, what, how, what do you do with a fam- What do you do with a family secret? And she says it to me, like, I'm Jewish. And I said, that's wonderful. That's amazing. And then she went on to tell me why. And I said, oh, my goodness. So you've been carrying this. And she wanted to practice what she practiced as a child. She wanted to have Shabbat. She wanted to, you know, do the high holy days, all that stuff. But she totally denied this part of herself and she thought it was something that was loving, right? She didn't do this to hurt anybody. She thought that she was doing something that would protect her daughter right. and this and this grandson. And I said, you know, you know, you've been in the room and we're talking about theology and he's digging in and this stuff. And I said, oh my gosh, it would be amazing if you could give him that identity, give him that so he can start really digging into that and exploring that. And she was very nervous about it. And I said, this is a safe time, this is a good time, and this might help with his healing. Mm. 
And then she finally did. She, she told did. him. Oh. Yeah. And he was like, Grandma, re- what? Like, it's amazing when, when you get to learn a piece about yourself that you've questioned and that you've, you've searched for. I mean, I yeah. think he realized he had been searching so much for that, right? And then he was like, oh my gosh, wow, I'm Jewish. And I said, you know, we have a wonderful rabbi on staff. Luke, mm. would you like a blessing? And he said, yes, yes, he would. Oh. And so what I ended up doing was, um, and it was so, uh, this rabbi is an incredible rabbi, so pastoral. So what I organized or I set up with him is that he would meet us in the chapel and with Luke and his grandma, and he would take out the Torah. Oh, wow. And he would show because Luke really loved the story of Jacob. You know, Jacob wrestles with God, wrestles with God, like physically, right? Spiritually wrestles with God. So he was really identifying with Jacob. And I had brought him that piece of scripture from the First Testament. And so... um, this wonderful rabbi took out the scroll and laid it on the altar and brought him, there's this little, I don't know what it's called, but there's like this little pointer because you don't touch the scroll. You just use this pointer to read it. And the rabbi read it to Luke in Hebrew. And it looked like he was just like, ugh. He was just receiving it. We put a prayer shawl on him and a kippah. Yeah. Oh, and oh God, Nikki was so beautiful. I'm going to cry. <laughs> and then he did a blessing over him in Hebrew. He did the blessing over Luke, and Luke just received it. And it ended up being this incredible turn in his healing. And it wasn't just for Luke, but Grandma. I bet all of a sudden, Grandma got to be a Jewish grandma. Oh my gosh, and that's. That's such a big part. It's of such a her big part. Life. So I bought like on Friday they get like Shabbat yeah. boxes, so all the Jewish patients get to have their ritual on Friday nights in the hospital. So I brought them a Shabbat box, and she, who had been living as a Christian right. in America for With I don't know secret. how many years yeah. now, right? She came over and stood by Luke. And she did the whole ritual with him. Mm. And she sang the little song in Hebrew. So healing. This beautiful song in Hebrew over, you know, the challah. And they shared it together. And they drank. Um, there's a little kiddish cup in there. And they poured the grape juice in. And they shared the grape juice together. And I was like, oh. Such, a, <laughs> such healing. It was so beautiful. And that was his now. Like he, he could continue to wrestle. He could be Jacob. He could be all these things and question everything. But now there was like a safe landing for it all, right? right? And it made sense to him. It's like, this was in me. I wanted to learn. I want to grapple. I mean, something felt so off in him that he was able to say to himself, something's not right. Something's not matching up. So much so that I think I've masturbated myself into a rare disease. Like, right. Do you do you think that knowing this deep family secret somehow helped him in his Absolutely. Healing. Absolutely. He came and visited me after he was healed, which was fantastic. So he got Many through years, this disease? He got through this. He got through this. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so He powerful. got through this and this is one it of It was the that, grape juice, right? It was the grape juice. <laughs> I figured. But he came back. He came back and visited me. What did he say? And, well, he walks in and like, do you remember me? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> As if in a million years I could ever forget you, young man, you amazing, amazing young man. 
And he gave me this wonderful hug and just updated me on his life. And he was in college and, you know, and then he's getting engaged. I, it, it was fantastic, Nikki. It was such a like full circle for me because yeah. it's not that often right, that, that you we, get that. We get to hear kind of the outcome that right. once they leave. You know, sometimes we do, especially like ba- NICU babies and stuff. They'll send cards like, look at my amazing baby now at two and stuff. But this was really, um, uh, it was such a privilege to be on this discovery for this this young yeah. guy. And you were such a part of it. I mean, you were you were a vital part of this secret being revealed and the healing and then happening. when you bring in the rabbi, you know, that's another well, part you knew of this to call work. It. You're like, let me call the rabbi. I got, I got some names. I got some guys I can call. Yeah. It's beautiful to realize how powerful your most authentic self, like how important that is to your emotional and spiritual well-being is being your most authentic self. And I love these stories. And honestly, every time we have these conversations, I'm reminded that your job as a chaplain is so much more than I would have ever thought. You're like a really important part to spiritual growth and healing. And I just... Spiritual so when care I called important. you a badass earlier, <laughs> you're, not a badass, you're a badass. Spiritual care is badass. It can be. You know, it can be one of these things that really... Because you want to heal mind, body, and spirit. We are these complete beings. It's not just physical. So if you can work with a great team like I do, mm-hmm. right, and this, these amazing docs and everyone else, you come and you the whole patient gets cared for. Mm. That's the best kind of medicine. Peggy, right? I just love you. I, love I just love you. that you don't you don't coast. You don't take the easy cases. <laughs> and really, I think the the point of all of this, like rem- me being reminded as to how amazing that you are, as no. it happens in every single show. I get to say that about you. Is that it's not just Bugs about me. helping people die, Pegs. Like you're helping them live their most authentic lives. So, well, I hope that there's if if someone hears this and there's something in their family, right? that they've been holding on to, especially if you have kids, share that. Okay. And, and don't be afraid because that might be one of the most freeing things, right? Yeah, the truth will set you free. The, it's hey, so cheesy. That's what Jesus said. <laughs> and I'm kind Wait, of a fan. I want to know though, right <laughs> now at this point in the show, what would Jesus do? Would he have a martini? He would have a okay. martini <laughs> and a little holla. <laughs> Let's do it <laughs> Um, let's toast to you because you're so awesome. No, let's toast and to let's you. toast to Julia, Julia and to Luke. Yes. And I think this whole idea of living your most authentic self is amazing. So secrets, don't let them hold you back. And I kind of want to know what other people's family secrets are. Or me too. Like, send us your secrets. Send us a message. DM me and tell us secrets that have actually helped heal you once you found yes. them out. Because I think yes. that's interesting. We can dig into that for that's an episode. So interesting. Oh, I love it. Oh, All right. Cheers. cheers, sister. Cheers, sister. And not like a nun sister, but like <laughs> sister, sister. Sister, All sister. Right. Love you. Love you. Hey, we super appreciate you listening today. We do. And if you happen to have a story or you want to share your thoughts, just shoot me a DM at Nikki Boyer on Instagram. And if you like our show, give us a rating and a review. It really helps other people find our show. And follow us wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, Near Death has bonus content where we get a little more personal at our martini after party. So join us. For that bonus content, subscribe to Lemonada Premium and Apple Podcasts. 
In addition to all of the content you'll get from our show, you can also unlock an array of bonus content from all the other Lemonada shows. Check out the free trial of Lemonada Premium today in the Apple Podcast app by clicking on the little lemon logo in the middle of the screen. Near Death is a Dying for Media production. New episodes drop every Wednesday. The show is hosted by Reverend Peggy and me, Nikki Boyer. Producer is Katie Amanda Keen. Tommy Fields is head of audio for Dying for Media. Nikki Boyer and Kevin Sabi are executive producers for Dying for Media. Executive producer is Reverend Peggy. Ad sales and distribution by Lemonada Media. And for more information on today's episode, make sure to check out our show notes. And thanks again for hanging out with us today. We appreciate you. See you next time. Bye.